Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Today, I am bringing on one of my dear, dear friends who, nobody's surprised, I first met on the internet, like pretty much all of my friends I've made in adulthood. I think that's just how it goes for me. But today, my guest is Kylie Epperson, a Missouri House of Color consultant, farm wife, mom to three, and agriculture advocate and speaker. She helps rural women find power in themselves, connection in community, and confidence through color and style. Online, Kylie shares the relatable ins and outs of motherhood and farming while staying grounded in gratitude and, of course, humor. Kylie loves helping women build confidence, camping with her family, long afternoon boat rides, the hottest coffee on earth, exercising for her sanity, and a good lipstick. And I have to confess, I put on lipstick right before this call because I knew how much Kylie appreciated a good lipstick. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Kylie. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you. I guess thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you and for our conversation today. So I'm waiting for you to compliment me on my lipstick. Um, It looks good. I giggled listening to the intro. Um, So it looks amazing. You obviously, we've been so connected here over the last few months, not only from color, but even just recently from style. And then our paths are crossing more often each day. And you're just a picture of autumn beauty. Thank you so much. If you have no idea what she's talking about when she says autumn beauty, yes, we are recording this in the fall, but it has to do with colors. And we'll Mm -hmm. get into that in a second. But before we get there, Kylie, you and I are both extremely passionate about helping women build confidence in themselves in our own unique ways. But I'm curious, what has your own self-confidence journey looked like for you? Because I don't know if yours is similar, but my story... I didn't always have the confidence that I have today, which is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about helping others cultivate that in themselves. So for you, what does that journey kind of look like? What a great question. I feel like I've always been rather confident. It's part of my personality um, in the fact that I know what I want. Most of the time I say what I want and that ends up being interpreted as um, confidence. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I have always been confident. I've obviously had insecurities about um, who I am and what I look like and what, how like well I'm performing in different areas of my life. There's definitely been that. And I, I continue to walk the road toward confidence, but I'm fortunate enough that my personality exudes confidence. Mm-hmm. But in reality, inside, there's just been this trial and error journey of confidence of like really feeling and working into rather working to feel like myself and authentically share what I like, what I want, what I need, what I do and who I am and understand that unapologetically, that's just who I am. And I don't have to be anybody else or be like anyone else to feel the most authentic version of myself. And so that in itself adds confidence every day by walking down that journey. Mm -hmm. 
I love what you said about trial and error because I think giving ourselves permission to try, fail, try again, get it wrong, keep learning about ourselves on our confidence journey and whatever journey it is that we're on, I think is so stinking important. I think that some of us have like, yes, I love that you acknowledge that like your personality type naturally exudes confidence, whether mm-hmm. that's the same about uh, as like actually feeling deeply confident in yourself is maybe two different things. But I think so many people too are like, oh my gosh, I wish I had your confidence. And I think for me and maybe for you too, it's like you don't want my confidence. You want your own confidence. And there are Mm -hmm. actually ways that you can foster and cultivate that in your own life. I wasn't necessarily just born like this, right? It's something that I have to really build and foster every single day. I wonder too, if there was insecurities early on in our lives that walked us toward the path of appearing more confident. Yeah, I think it's personality-based, but there's something in our past that has made us like next level, perform to the next level, be the next level, Mm -hmm. share the version of ourselves that maybe we don't want someone else to feel alone in. Like there's been things Mm -hmm. I think in both of our past, I'm speaking very broadly here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I know and I firmly believe that everything we experience shapes us for the next best version of ourselves. So as we stand today, we are the best version of ourselves. God made us a certain way. We've walked this path. Again, we're walking a lot in this podcast right now. <laughs> we're walking. Um, but we God has led us down this journey of experience. And so through experience, he's shaping us and we're shaping our own selves to be the best version of ourselves. Do we feel like it every day when we wake up? No, probably not. But in that moment, you're the best at what you can do with what you have. And we're always working toward being the best version of ourselves tomorrow. And so there's, I don't want to give off a sense of not feeling complacent or being stuck and like, oh, I always want more, more, more. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you are as good as you can be right now with whatever the tools that you've had in your past, your experiences, the ways that you have to cope or deal with things that are going on in your life, not even cope, but just handle even good things. You only have what you have and your experience that you've had in your past however many years. And so that's how I like to look at Like, yes, I feel confident and I feel more and more confident each day. But as I climb that mountain, as I know you say, like I always have to go back down at some point, whether I like it or not. And then I'll have to climb the next mountain. Mm, So true. Gosh, it's so true. One of the, the words or I guess questions that I think is really helpful to kind of guide me each morning as I acknowledge like what does the best version of me look like today is asking myself the question of as someone who deeply loves herself, how would I show up today? And asking myself that in the morning, because I think it gives us space to honor where we're at in the season we're in and what that looks like. Like maybe the answer to that question some days is rest. Maybe the answer to some that question some mornings is like a killer strength workout. Maybe the answer to that question is I should probably go write those emails that I've been putting off for the past week or so. And I think using that question as a guidepost, like first thing in the day and taking it each day by day is a way for us to I think honor where we're at and the best version of who we are while tuning into our own needs versus what the outside world expects of us. 100%. I, one of my pride pieces of content that I put out in one of my keynote speech topics are stepping outside of the shoulds. And I think that there is so much to be said. I lived it. I lived in other people's expectations. I still am working through with therapy and self-development of figuring out who I am and who am I outside of what I'm doing for other people. Mm. Um, But I know as I walked through this journey of going to be an educator 
And then I stopped after a year and we went back, I moved back to the farm with my husband, which was a gift, a gift that that's a dream that I had since I was 16 years old. I vividly remember telling my social studies teacher, well, we actually had an an exercise. I didn't actually just go up and have this nice conversation with him, but he said, where do you want to be in after high school, five years, 10 years, and so on and so forth. And when you're 16, you're like, I don't know, like, you know, you have no idea, you have no concept of what life is at 16. If you're 16 and you're listening to this, there's a lot more to come. But I remember (laughs) writing down, I was dating Jordan, my husband, my now husband. And I wrote down that I was going to be an ag teacher because ag had impacted my life so greatly already at 16. And I was going to marry Jordan and we were going to live in Vandalia and have kids, plural, just more than one. And as I came back to the farm, I got that dream very quickly. And just like so many of the things that we strive to do, the things that we are looking to achieve and go and do and grab that shiny star, that was my shiny star. And I got it and I held on to it but somehow it was a lot less shiny than what I thought it was at 16. Mm, mm-hmm. And I realized that I had even put expectations on myself at such a young age of what my life was going to be like. And I better, I better well appreciate it, right? As I walk through that path. And the fact of the matter is, is once I got there, I realized I'm a whole different person than who I was when I was 16. I have whole different wants and needs than the person that I thought I wanted to be as a teenager, as an adolescent who had no grasp on what reality was, Um, as a teenager whose parents still put money in their bank account. I mean, you just don't get it when you're that young. And so as I navigated motherhood and entrepreneurship with my husband and doing the farm books, I very quickly realized that while I wanted to be the same person that my mother-in-law was for my father-in-law, for my husband, for my family, it was not my strong suit. And it took a very long time of living in that dark. And it was beautiful, like beautiful kids. We had three beautiful children. I had, I I say dark, but I just continued to climb into the hole and not understand what was actually happening until I finally was like, oh, maybe this isn't suited for me. And so that's a whole nother conversation. But it just, I lived into the expectations unrealistic expectations that I put on myself. It actually wasn't what other people wanted. I just had in my head what I thought they wanted of me, my husband, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my parents, my kids. But in reality, it was just me placing unrealistic expectations on myself and blaming it on other people. Mm, Gosh, that is so stinking good. And I think we find ourselves that in that place, probably in so many different instances. And I love what you said about like, there was something wrong and you didn't even really know what it was. Cause I think that there's some people who probably are like, okay, I have, I have my, like, I'm literally living my dream come true. I have, we have the farm. I have my wonderful husband, my beautiful kids. I'm so grateful. Why, what's off? Why do I still feel off? And I think there's probably so many people walking through their life thinking I should be happy, right? Like I should be content. I have all the things that I wanted what's wrong? What's missing? What's wrong with me? Why can't I just be happy here? What did it look like for you to like have that realization between that realization and where you're at now? Like what did that transition or that growth journey look like for you to kind of get you out of that place of this isn't it, but I don't know maybe what is it? There are a couple big life events that I feel like led up to this. So I kind of, ever since I was a little kid, I always, I developed this, well, what, what's next attitude. What's the next shoe that's going to drop? 
And I had some grandparents die at a young age. I was always worried that my parents were going to leave me somewhere like at school or at church or something. So unrealistic, so unrealistic. And as I got older, our first baby, um, unfortunately, while we were doing um, growing our business, passed away at six weeks, but my body held onto it until 10 weeks when we went to the doctor's mm-hmm. appointment. Again, mm-hmm. that ball just dropped. Like My motherhood dreams felt like they were swept out from under me. And so I dug into work a little bit more. I had come back at the time that we were building a new sow unit, which is where we breed and house and farrow have babies for pigs. And I was like, that's my baby. And once that emotional trauma happened with the miscarriage, I dug in even more. And I felt like I was like, okay, let's keep working at this sow unit. I'm good at this. I can do this. Let's keep moving forward. And as time passed, lucky for us, we were able to have two children over the next couple of years a little boy and a little girl. And um, we get pregnant with our third. Let me back up a little bit. Sorry. In the meantime, after we'd had our second daughter, we had a really tragic barn fire of that same sow unit that I had poured myself into and my family had poured themselves into. And we lost both buildings. We lost thousands and thousands and thousands of hogs. And we had to send 30 people away for a job like that day. Like That's another ball that drops. It's something else that's super heavy, out of our control. But man, it just felt like what's next. Okay. Okay. God, I got that. Thank you. We're going to move forward. So what's next? And that was when I really started my social media journey of, I just needed something else because I obviously couldn't set with my own feelings. So I needed something else. Mm -hmm. Moving forward. I have our third son during that nasty 2020 year that we don't really need to talk about, but I was pregnant that entire year and I had an emergency C-section on December 24th. And it was just another trauma. I don't know if we've ever defined trauma. It doesn't have to be something really bad. But to me, it was traumatic to have to go in, not have to get, I wasn't able to have my mother there with me, all of these things. So have my son. And I had also lost childcare for my older two. And so I was kind of thrown back into being a part-time stay-at-home mom of two to a full-time stay-at-home mom of three that like, we don't go anywhere. We don't do anything. We're, we're at home. I have like very vitamin D deficient, so many other issues. And I had struggled in the past with postpartum anxiety. And so it was this trifecta of, it was more than a trifecta. There were way more than three things, but it was this, this climax of bad, over bad, over bad, over bad. And I, in my personality and who I had been in the past, my entire life was, I can handle it all. I'll do it all by myself. Mm. I don't want to bother anyone. Jordan, the farm is more important. You go do that. I'll be here. My mom works. Like I couldn't, I didn't really have a lot of people to ask for help from. In the meantime, Rowan cried for like the first 10 months of his life. If you've never experienced that as a very um, trying time while you're also in just a big funk. And seven days postpartum, I went back to work with all three kids. Like I loaded them all up, off we went. And so not that you guys need to hear all of my sad story because it's such a, it's a story of growth and experience. And like, how did I get where I was today? I had to go through all of those things. They had to build in that way for me to be where I am today. And so took Rowan to work. That 10 months was a complete blur. I was, I had built this social media business that I felt like I needed to pay homage to. I had the farm that, gosh, there was no way I could quit the farm. No one could do what I did in the office. And how was I supposed to even teach somebody? Because I wasn't even really comfortable with what I was doing. And then I have these three beautiful children who rely on me, who I was with all the time. And then I have a house 
and a husband and all these other things to keep track of and take care of. And I should be able to do it all because I mean, everybody else does, right? Everybody else does everything by themselves. And so it wasn't until I was driving down the highway and my son was crying in the car and I had planned this trip to the minute. We were going to leave at 9 a.m. My appointment was at 10 a.m. Rowan was going to sleep from 9 to 10. Then we were going to go shopping and get a coffee and take a deep breath maybe. And then we were going to get back in the car. All three of us, well, myself, my three kids, and my mom was going with me. Well, Rowan, who was 10 months old and didn't want to listen, decided that he was going to cry and not fall asleep. And it wasn't until my mom, bless her heart, who was shushing my son and singing him a lullaby. At that point in time, I completely broke in half emotionally. And I turned to her and I yelled at her and I said, just let him cry. Stop it. Basically, I yelled at my mom, the one person who I could tell her, like I could tell her to go to heck and she would still love me. And the one person that can probably tell me or was telling me every day to go to heck. Rowan, (laughs) you know, I loved him so much and I still loved him and I was treating both of them so poorly. And that was the moment where I was like, there is something really wrong right now. Like I actually can't do this all by myself. And so that was that breaking point, but I had to have all of that other stuff that I just kept sweeping under the rug until the pile of dirt under the rug was so great that I couldn't, I couldn't keep it out of my mind anymore. And so at that point, I was able to really objectively, one, ask for help, realize that I am not superwoman. And by opening up some of those doors, I have so much more objectively looked at how I react to things, who I am as a person and said like, oh, you're not crazy. You just need help. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I've heard your story multiple times, but it's just, it's so powerful because I think too, I think it's so easy for us to assume when we're in the thick of hard stuff that like, we don't have what it takes to get to the other side. And I want to hold space for anybody that's walking through a really, really hard season. And I do believe hindsight is always twenty twenty. but gosh, it's like looking back on those difficult seasons, being able to hold space for like, yeah, that sucked. And also I'm so grateful that it gave me the push or the growth that I now have been able to experience because of it. Not that we'd ever wish that on anybody else. And I, I wonder, Kylie, you know, with this hindsight being 2020, if you could have talked to your younger self, the version of you that was struggling before she finally broke, what do you think you would have offered her or shared with her? Or do you think she would have even been receptive to anything? Nope. Yep. I was just going to say, I actually wouldn't want to talk to my past self. And I haven't thought this through very thoroughly. So there, I may change my answer at the end of this, but (laughs) I always tell, I've told my mom and my husband, if you'd have told me on the day, it was like 12 days postpartum. It was not even that, I don't think. And I was, I sent a picture to my mom. I was on the toilet sobbing because I had been up for what seemed like forever. Sleep deprivation is pure torture. There's no wonder that they use that. If you'd have said that Rowan will cry and be relatively needy for the next 18 months, that would have broken past Kylie. Mm. Like I actually needed the faith of knowing that it will change at some point and the hope and the future, the, the opportunity to have a future of change. So change is actually just a really beautiful thing. And there's a reason that we can't see into the future because right now us would never be accepting of what future us has in store. And so as much as sure, I would love to go back and be like, you can do it. Like I am the loudest cheerleader in the dugout or on the sidelines. I am. I like, I will yell. I'm actually physically loud and also care that much. But Kylie back then wouldn't have heard it. 
Cheetah said F off. <laughs> Sorry if yes. that's too, too R-rated. But I just think that there's a reason we don't know what tomorrow brings. Otherwise, we just we would just live in fear. Yeah. Or we just wouldn't want to even make the steps forward. Yeah. I always talk about, you know, the, the mountain analogy and and how having a goal is like being at the base of a mountain. But I also talk about how sometimes the mountain is also clouded in fog, so we can't even see the path to get there. And I do think that fog is such a blessing, kind of like what you're saying. Because if if we knew what it was going to take and we knew all the hardships that were going to come ahead, I think we would lose our motivation drive and drive to even like consider moving forward. So I, I actually think that's a, a beautiful perspective. Yeah, it's it's the truth. If you'd have in the negative side, it's really easy to think about it like okay, no, there's no way that I would be able to get through it. But even on the positive side, if you'd have told me then that I would be here now in a much better state of mind, I just wouldn't have been able to handle it. So I think that's a great, the fog is necessary. The mm-hmm. the unknown, there's a reason that we are the way that we are fundamentally. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Do you have a side hustle or a business that you're ready to take to the next level? In my opinion, one of the most valuable assets as a business of any size, whether you're just starting out or have been hammering on for years, is a website. Whether it's a simple landing page with just the basics or a full-fledged site with a blog and store, having a place where people can search and discover you online makes your business immediately look more credible. If it's the fear of having to fork over thousands of dollars to a professional to build one for you that's holding you back, I have a little secret for you. You can build your own website today without any knowledge of coding or fancy schmancy tech skills using Squarespace. Trust me, if I can do it, so can you. Not only did I build my own Coach Kaya website, but I also built my family's Twistleman Ranch website, the Backroad Cowgirls Digital Series website, and countless more using Squarespace's simple, easy-to-use templates that made it a breeze to get a website launched and ready to welcome new customers. Time to take that business of yours to new levels. Click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Squarespace today. Okay, I want to jump ahead a little bit now. One of the ways that you help women build their confidence is through discovering their color and their style as like a vehicle for how you support them. And specifically rural women, which is like your target audience, was color and style. And I want you to go into detail about what that even means for people that have no idea what I'm even referring to. But was this something that was on your radar? Have you always had this passion for helping women discover the colors and style that looks really great on them to make them feel confident? Where where did that come from? Another great question. Thank you for asking. I have not a great answer, but let's just dive right in. So um, before, while I was pregnant with Rowan, some farm female friends and I, one's from Eastern Iowa, one's from about an hour from where I live currently, um, we had talked about getting our colors done. We'd seen it online and it seemed like a good idea, but COVID was going on and we were trying to navigate me being super pregnant. And so I went and got my colors done three months postpartum. And now, I what enjoyed it. to get your colors done for people that oh, don't okay, know yeah, what very you're good. Sorry, about. sorry. Jumping over it. Um, When you get your colors done, you come into a House of Color studio where the most sophisticated color service, it's a UK-based company, but here in the US, it is the best of the best. And we use our precision dyed drapes to show against your skin what the undertones of your skin need to look its best. And so our goal is to, I always tell my clients, accentuate your God-given beauty. So if you had no makeup Mm. on, like there are colors and you know, there are colors that look better than others on, on people. And we use seasons. We use 
autumn, spring, summer, and winter, but that goes all the way back to Germany in the early 1930s. There was a school of art called the Bauhaus, and Johannes Itten is the gentleman who found the primary colors. I feel like we've all heard of the primary colors. Mm -hmm. He also found that colors harmonize in seasons, and so that dates back way outside of House of Color. We're just have we're just using that, utilizing rather that knowledge, and then understanding what do we need? Do we need warm or cool? And then farther from that, do we need bright and clear or blended and muted? And there's way more technical processes. You do have to be in person. I was lucky enough to do Kaya's Colors at an event we were both at in Kansas last year or this year. Oh my gosh. It was this year. year. Whoa. Um, And it's just been such a life-giving process. But when I went to get my colors done to back up, I thought that would be such a cool job but like zero space in Kylie world for anything like that. Not to mention we are our own worst critics. And I told myself, you are not stylish. You do not have the ability to tell people you have no rapport to say you look good in that color or here. And so as I navigated the blurry motherhood journey, the messy motherhood journey of early infant with three kids, I had the yelling at my mom story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I also attended a um, entrepreneurship retreat called Rural Rooted with my friend Natalie and had really set expectations of what I was leaving there with. I left with none of those. But what I did understand when I left was that I had to cut something out. And remember back when I said, no one can do my job as good as I on the farm, even though I don't love it, no one can do it like I do it. It was at that point in time that I actually was able to say, okay, someone else can for sure do better than I'm doing because I'm not an accountant. I have no technical skills. Someone could do way better than me, actually. Like, swallow your pride. And that's when my husband and I started the process of transitioning me outside of doing the farm books day to day. I still have to go in and do some things, but not. it does not rely on me for the financial well-being of our farm. Let me put it that way. And so that freed up some room. And I was talking to my other friend, Emily, and we. she's the one who had pushed me to go to Rural Rooted and made just connections and grown relationships. That was my biggest takeaway from that event. But then also to re-examine my life and say, okay, if you want to grow in this way, we have to cultivate weeds in this way, right? Like there's got to be, there's got to be a give and take. We can't just continue to try to grow, 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 grow. Cause there's only one of us. We only have so much water to share with other people. Otherwise our cup runs empty. And so once I was able to cut that out, it was almost like I gave myself permission to have the capacity to even dream. Because before that, I just knew that like I was full. There was no dreaming. There was no extra happening. Kylie had no additional services to offer anyone, including herself, my kids, my family, anybody. When I walked in through that door then and said, okay, maybe I would be good at this. The reason that I gave myself permission was because when I was at that Rural Rooted Retreat, I got asked the question, why do you share on social media? Like, Why do you do what you do in your core? And what I, it, I had to work. I had to work like heck to get this answer, but it was to feel authentically myself by helping other rural women feel authentically themselves. Like that was what I did, what I did. If I shared a funny story, if I shared a reel of me like laying in the mess of my toys in my toy room, if I shared climbing into the tractor, it was also that someone else out there would not feel so isolated in whatever their day-to-day looked like. And I pride myself in authenticity. It's like my very favorite word. If I could have a word year after year, it would be authentic, but I feel like you should change it and grow and pick a different word every year. But 
Um, so once I did that, it was like, oh, maybe this house of color could fit into what I need and want out of life more than me fitting what the mold was that I expected of a house of color consultant or that business, mm-hmm. right? Because I was like, I'm not good at style. I'm not good at color. Well, I am me. And so how does that fit what I what my mission and goals were? And so said it out loud, threw it into the atmosphere, firm believer in that as well. And within like two months, because of my obsessive compulsive personality, I had paid my franchise fee and was like making the steps to become a consultant. And so there's not a really good transition of how and why, but it was almost like once I gave myself space to dream and had some of my whys figured out, then some of the dreams and passions were able to align with the whys. Mm, that's so good. What I think is so cool is like getting down to the core of why no matter what the vehicle is for why you do that, right? Mm-hmm. You could have a passion for wanting to help kids. It could be like one of your core whys and someone could be a teacher. They could they could work at a camp. They could do all sorts of different things, right? And so I think getting to the core of your why. But the second thing was cultivating the weeds. I, I want to like really point this out for anyone that's listening. If you're at a place where you're like, oh my gosh, when she was talking about not having capacity to dream, if you feel that, if you feel like you are at max capacity and you can't even think about what you want for yourself, I want to encourage you to get clear on what your why is, like what lights you up. And number two, ask yourself, what in your life do you need to release? Because I think so many of us, we get focused on what we need to do in order to create our dreams. But I think the first thing is what do we need to release in order to create space for those dreams in the first place? If you'd have asked Kylie two years ago what she wanted, I couldn't even have came up with words to say, you know, I want to feel really aligned with myself by helping other women do the same and feeling really aligned, whatever, again, whatever that looks like for them mm-hmm. and whatever vehicle I could hop into or drive to get them to that point. I wouldn't even have known. You could have asked me and I would have been like, nope, I don't know, because I truly had no ability. And it took steps. It took asking for help, recognizing that I needed to cut the low hanging fruit, recognizing that I needed to work on me first before I could add anything else to my plate. All of those things had to happen in a certain order for this to actually work. Yes. And it did. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. So colors, you are a house of color consultant. And like you mentioned earlier, I got to get my colors done by you earlier this year in Kansas. Mm -hmm. And I am an autumn so I am warm, muted tones is my color palette. And every my husband rolls his eyes every time I tell him that something is or is not in my color palette. <laughs> but y'all, from this experience, I am a believer in it. Like if you're ever wearing a color and someone's like, oh my gosh, you look phenomenal in that color. This is why. It's because you're wearing your color. Like I'm just convinced that colors change everything. And most recently, just this last week, in fact, I went through phase two with Kylie, which is getting your style done. I'd love for you to talk briefly about what that is for House of Color. Yeah. Can I touch on one thing you just said that I wanted to share? When you think about getting your quote unquote colors done, it sounds so superficial and vain. Like, well, I look good in whatever I want to wear. Okay. I don't disagree with you. I will never take a color away from you and ever say that you look bad in any color. No no house of color consultant ever will. And if I do, I promise it'll be funny and we'll laugh about it. And like, it's not anything personal, right? (laughs) Um, But what is so important is that as women, specifically men too, men can get their colors done and kids. But as women, 
the path that we walk, gosh, dang, we're walking a lot of paths again. Sorry. Mm -hmm. We're burning the calories today, but (laughs) we live this life of working for everyone else at no matter what stage. It just feels like it's ingrained in our genetics to do more, be more for other people. And it's really hard for us to objectively and confidently walk in and say, I'm going to wear bright red today, or I'm going to wear a color. Instead, as we navigate life, we tend to fall into what is the easiest, most comfortable, blend in, black looks good on everybody type of situations. And so what I really love when people leave and what I found in some of my reviews and people messaging me months later, they're saying, what a gift this was. Mm-hmm. I feel so good about what I'm wearing. And it's not as much as color as it. they know that they look good in it and they feel really good in it. And the air of confidence of the shoulders that stand back when their co- closet, when they saw what they saw and it complements who they are, who God made them to be, it's, it's just this underlying confidence that you can't explain. And so mm-hmm. sure, it's vain. Yeah, I want to have clothes that look really good on me outwardly. But in reality, I'm taking a lot less effort thinking about what I look like because I've already done the, the front work. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. And I love that you said that because I would have never expected my closet to have so many pieces of lime green. That yes, was girl. never a piece of clothing I would have ever purchased. After getting my colors done, however, I found out that lime green actually looks phenomenal on me and you cannot ever take that color away from me. Same with bright red. I just bought a shirt this week that is, I mean, I would have probably never picked it up because it has right. like these big, bold shoulders and like it is bright red. And I saw that in the store and I was like, that is my color and that Mm -hmm. is my style. And I feel very confident about both of those things. And like you said, it kind of just like, it gave me permission Mm -hmm. to, first of all, you know, step into clothes that are maybe a a bolder color or a bolder style and also be able to curate this space where when I look at my closet, because I did a closet clean out this last week, (laughs) you should be so proud, Kylie. I have a lot of stuff to go to Goodwill. But (laughs) when I stand in front of my closet now, I look in and I can say, first of all, everything in this closet fits me because I finally pruned the stuff that doesn't. And every color in this uh, this closet looks good on me and everything goes really well together. And that is a feeling that I don't think I've ever had about my closet in my entire life. That makes me so happy. Also, poor Kylie had to sit, had to deal with me blowing up her phone this weekend from a, I probably spent like three hours in a dressing room and Kylie had to basically go on that journey with me. However, my husband is very grateful that he didn't have to be the one to consult with me about those pieces. So thank you. Um, it's totally fine. I, I loved every second of it. Um, our style class actually has a group thread. And so it's forever giving me life because I love that you love it so much. It's not the fact of, it, again, it's just seeing the confidence that it brings in both color and style. Mm-hmm. So I just did the style class with you, which can be connected to color. You know, of course, finding pieces in your color is a piece of the puzzle. But the second piece is, you know, I've struggled before with like, how do I find clothes that look good on my body? Because I think we've all had instances where we go into a store and it looks killer on a mannequin or we're shopping online and we're like, oh my gosh, that is so cute on that woman. However, I am not a five foot eight skinny girl. So how do I know if it's going to look good on me? How do I know what I feel most confident in? And so I made took it upon myself to um, invest in phase two with Kylie, which was her style session. So tell me, what is what is a style session with House of Color? Yeah, a style session. So I technically call myself an image consultant, and yet it still feels very imposter syndrome because we do both color work and style work. 
and much more than that. But those are our two main selling services as a business. And with a style consultation, uh, fortunately, we get to offer that virtually, which I love. One good thing, you know, all the Zoom meetings that we've been doing recently, it's really um, opened up some doors to service people like you who are so far across the country. Um, and yet we relate on so many levels, rurally, agriculturally, growth, professional development, and things like that. But what we do with the style consultation is we take into consideration three things, and there are no other style consultations that take in all of these factors. We take in your body architecture. So we ask, I ask that you send pictures to me and some form-fitting clothing. That way that I can see your bones. How are you made? It doesn't matter what size you are. Your bones are going to be the same no matter what. Are your shoulders square? Is your bottom round? Is, you know, does your bust impact your body, the way that your body looks? And that's the step one. So what does your actual body architecture say? Then we take into your personality. We use a, a non-gender specific, non-judgmental personality test that I administer within your class. And I learn a lot about where you lie on our yin and yang scale. Again, that's a conversation for another day, but we really take into consideration your personality. The very last piece is your lifestyle. And this is oftentimes both the personality and the lifestyle. These are the two things that I would say other consultations of style that they don't aren't able to take into consideration, mm-hmm. not to any fault of them. That's just not something that they focus on. And so your lifestyle is a big deal. Let's say you're a dramatic, um, you have lots of angles and you need that big drama, but you're a farmer. Yeah. Well, we need to marry that in some way, right? We're not wearing like Lady Gaga clothes to the farm. Well, we might be, but like that's again, another conversation in a very unique circumstance. And so we take all three of those, our body architecture, personality, and lifestyle, and we marry them all into this perfect clothing personality that we create out of our, or what that House of Color created rather out of the six archetypes that Carl Jung had created prior to this. It's, that part's not proprietary, but then these futuristic or the next set of clothing personalities are. I love delivering clothing personalities because not only does it open up some doors that people may not have ever stepped in, like lime green and geranium red were those two doors for you with our colors, but now there may be things that you try that you hadn't even thought of and you'll like there may be some things that you're not, you don't super identify with within your CP or your clothing personality. But what it does give you permission to do is to stop trying to be like everyone else. Mm, yes. And dress like you want to dress. It gives you permission yes. to stop trying the trends or the graphic tees if that's not in your clothing personality and things like that. One of our classmates in your class, everything she held up that she did not like was these casual graphic tees that you and I are probably like, yeah, we love that. That's yeah. so cute. But for her, it felt frumpy and just not, she needed more. She needed more. And so between you, her, and our other, like there was three of you guys, and it was just so life-giving for me because I felt the same way. And now I can really confidently mix and match all sorts of things that not only fit my personality and my lifestyle, but my body is different than yours. And so where the, the rise of jean that I wear, where I carry my purse, all of those things are unique to me. And so when we're talking about authenticity, I want to dress my body for how it is, not how industry makes clothes. And so that all plays into it too. Yes. Gosh, I love it so much. And what I'm very grateful for is I am an autumn natural romantic, which might not mean anything to you, but it is the same thing that Kylie is. So I already basically am influenced on the reg when she shares a link to any piece of clothing outfit. Now that said, like Kylie mentioned, 
our bodies are structured differently. So there are certain things that I've learned to do, like where I carry my bag is different, for example. Also, in our session, I I feel like I also felt um, validated in my struggle to find a pair of jeans that I love. You know, I grew up on a ranch. Jeans are, I mean, it's part of the everyday attire. And I don't think I have ever, or I'm not going to say ever, but like not yet. I have not yet found a pair of jeans that I'm like, yes, these fit me amazing. I feel amazing. And I look good in them because, you know, I got a long torso, short, stumpy legs, big butt. It's just, it's the proportions aren't, aren't ideal for me with how most jeans are structured. That said, my style session, I felt like I was giving myself permission to embrace the fact that like, I love a good flowy dress. And so when I went on my little um, shopping spree this weekend, when Kylie had to deal with me blowing up her phone, I bought like four new flowy dresses. And usually dresses are, I don't have that many options, but I'm like, no, I feel good in these. And I know why now I feel so good in these. And it's more important for me to wear things that I feel comfortable and confident and my most authentic self in than trying to just, like you said, kind of fit the mold of whatever the trend is or what we have been doing or what our peers wear. And there were a couple other things I wanted to point out that I learned in our session that were just so freaking good. Number one, and I feel very strongly about this. I don't care what your style is. I don't care what your color is. We need to learn how to dress for the body we have now and give ourselves permission to purchase clothes for the body we have now. Because I think a lot of people that are listening to this have clothes in their closet that are too big and or too small for them, especially too small. And I think a lot of us have been guilty of calling them our goal clothes, right? Like I'm going to lose weight so that I can fit into those clothes. I think doing that is actually just something that creates a lot of shame in our in ourselves. Like every time you open up, every time you go get dressed, you feel worse about yourself because there's clothes in there reminding you that you aren't as thin as you want to be. And that's not really a great place to start the day from, in my opinion. And I heard someone say once, they said, if you would be willing to spend money to replace clothes because you lost a bunch of weight, if that felt valid to you, why don't you feel worthy of replacing them when you gain weight? It's still a changing body. And just because it gained weight versus losing weight doesn't mean it is less worthy of having clothes that fits it well and that make you feel confident. We talk a lot about even spending money on comfy, casual clothes, like giving permission to have less, but spend a little bit more. Um, We only wear a certain portion of our closet. If you go in your closet, there's a very small portion that you wear most of the time, Mm -hmm. period. If you are not that person, DM me, please. Let's have a conversation. I want to just like know what your life is like because that's me. (laughs) I mean, I rewear the same stuff. Whatever's on top, whatever's at the end of the closet, those are the items that I reach for more because I love them more. And by giving ourselves permission to even buy clothes that flatter us when we're lounging, doesn't it just make you happier when things are more comfortable Mm -hmm. and flattering? It does. And it changes your mood. There's nothing worse than putting on something that's too tight, too big, doesn't hold shape, doesn't accentuate our body, and expecting for us to just feel confident in it. It's like we're knocking our feet out from under us with the confidence thing before we even have a chance to go experience anything for the day. So definitely agree with you there. Yes. Another thing that I wrote down and like highlighted seven times because I have done this so – in fact, a lot of things I'm getting rid of this week are because I fell into this trap. Kylie said, don't buy anything on sale that you wouldn't pay full price for. 
I mean, I have bought so much crap solely for the purpose it was on sale and seemed like a good deal that I couldn't resist. And then I proceeded to never, ever actually wear it. And that just was like such a – I just needed that reminder. Don't buy anything on sale that you wouldn't pay full price for because you're not going to freaking wear it. Don't fool yourself. Mm -hmm. I bend the rules on that occasionally, I will be honest, but I often don't break it. If it's a hard pass, if it's too expensive full price, it's like, nope, okay. I am here for a good sale though. Shoes, things like that. Some of those higher priced items that you would have been on the fence of paying full price for, I always think cost per wear. So when you buy something, even if it's a little more expensive, really think about how many times are you going to get wear it and use it Tennis shoes are one of those things. Like I always cringe at spending 150 bucks on tennis shoes, but I wear them every single day and I beat the crap out of them. You know, I walk, I run, I work out. I need a good $150 pair of shoes because my cost per wear is coins because then they become my mowing shoes and then they become, you know, the garden shoes. And I wear them so much that till they're just dead, basically. Yes. Yes. So things like that, just think about cost per wear, even as some high hitting tips before you get your style and color done. Would you buy it on sale or full price rather, even though it's on sale? That's your first one. And then secondly, think realistically, how often are you going to wear it? Because the more you wear it, the less it costs per wear, which then is very easily justifiable in my brain. Yeah. No, I love that. And I I think that shoes are such a great example of that for sure. Um, And it definitely helped me really be mindful as I was doing some of my shopping and replacing some pieces this weekend. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in. It is so special to have you here, but I wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you like hearing from me? Not just in this way on the podcast, but what would you think about getting a little bit of sunshine into your inbox every Wednesday morning? That's exactly what I send to everybody that has signed up for my email list. Every Wednesday, I let you know what the new podcast is that's dropping. I also give you free resources, books I'm reading, quotes I'm loving, recommendations, and just whatever thoughts are stewing in my brain. And I'd love to have you hang out with me over there. You can click the link below to sign up for my email list, and I would love to see you in your inbox. Okay, shifting gears a little bit. You know, what I found in my journey is that no matter what goal or dream it is that I'm pursuing, finding a community to support me has always been paramount to my growth. Whether that community is finding people online or virtually or finding people in my local community. I'm curious for you, what does community look like for you, especially being a rural woman and how has community kind of served you in your own growth journey and what you're doing now? It's a great, okay. I have so many things to say. I'm going to keep it as concise because it it really covers both my house of color world and my farming world. And honestly, I wouldn't have the house of color business as it wouldn't have been as fruitful as it's been in the, in the beginning stages without my community on the rural side. And so I, in 2018, started talking about my farm, felt very fraud, like, like, this tractor part, blah, blah, blah. I probably never actually said that, but I remember watching my stories back and thinking, who is that? What did I just say? (laughs) And so once I was able to free myself from that and say like, let's just go learn together, I started to build a little bit of traction online and then found this great group of farm wife, rural women who wanted to just connect simply. And so through that, this whole entire journey has morphed into more of a authenticity journey, empowering rural women. Your intro was beautiful of me in the beginning. Thank you for that. Um, that like, those are the people because my mess is my message. And I was that person. I was Mm -hmm. the followers that I have 
or I am a outlet for people to learn new things, basically kind of two, two-sided community. And so as a pork producer, as a commercial farmer, and that's how we make our money. We pride ourselves in the work that we do, the sustainability practices, the way that we run our business. Very proud of our last name, all of those things. I wanted so deeply to share that passion of what we have for our farm with other people. I get to do it on the next level now because my my circle is widening to people outside of agriculture. And so for a while, it felt so good to connect and it still does. It's still my main mission to connect with those women who whose kids threw up last night or who has to go take food to the tractor. There is such a genuine connection and feel of community with those people. But because of those beautiful people, and then now my journey on House of Color, I'm getting to widen that and Mm -hmm. share agriculture with so many more. Um, My main goal though, as it's all pivoted, is really just that connection piece. And so I don't care how many followers or community that I have, I just want to serve the people that are here the best that I can. And so now I'm just, I, I don't even know how to serve. I'm to that point where I'm like, what can I do for you? I want to serve you. Sure. Relatability is excellent. I love being relatable. I love being the hot mess express, but how can I actually serve you to make your day better outside even of house of color? And luckily for me, for people who are somewhat local to Missouri, the house of color is that outlet, but I'm still on that journey of like, what can I do for you? Because that's really at the end of the day, what makes me feel really good is Mm -hmm. serving people like me who just need that air of confidence, that boost, that kick in the butt, that hug virtually or in real life. Doing that is the real why. It just feels so good. It's very fulfilling. Mm, I love that so much. Okay. Second to last question, Kylie. Okay. I have to ask everybody because this this podcast is called Climbing with Coach Kaya. What is a mountain that you are currently climbing in your life or career? Oh, you know, I'm going to be very transparent here and in something we're going to work on going forward in the next couple of months. I am to max capacity again. So remember back Mm -hmm. when I broke and I was like, there's so much going on and I don't know what's next. I can feel something brewing and the want to share more and be more for my community. And I don't currently have the capacity to see what that is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm currently working through what can I cut or Mm -hmm. because I don't, I still want white space on my calendar. And so there are some hard boundaries that I'm figuring out how to set that I haven't yet set. I've been in growth mode and go mode. And at this point, my children are still so young. I need to not only build in white space that I'm comfortable with keeping, but also cut some of the day-to-day tasks that I have that kind of muddy the waters to gain clarity for like, what is that next step? Will I do House of Color forever? I have no idea. Will I be on Instagram forever? I have no idea. But I hope to like heck that that community in whatever way that that is is forever. And so we'll see. I don't know, but I'm, I'm navigating how to release to grow. Yes. Yes. Gosh. And ditto. I feel like I'm in the same boat right now. And I'm really proud of some of the things that I'm kind of pruning and creating space for. But I also think that this is just like such a beautiful time of the year to do that. Like we're literally in harvest season. You're in harvest on the farm. And I think it's also a place for us to you know, shed some of the dead leaves, you know, tis the season. And I think that we can apply that to so many things. And so if you're listening to this, join Kylie and I, as we learn to decide like what things we want to prune, what do we want to, to release and let go so you can create space for what's meant for you next, especially as we go into the new year. 
One more thing. Hold on before you go. But I'm like long-winded here. Change is okay. Giving yourself permission to change is just one of the greatest gifts you'll ever give yourself. And so like Kaya said, pruning, sometimes pruning feels really ugly and uncomfortable. But again, God meant for us to change. We were meant to change and grow and do different things. And I think we were raised in a mentality of you do this, you went to school for this, this is what you're supposed to do. This is your blah, blah, blah. Um, but in reality, change is beautiful. And so give yes. yourself that permission. Snaps for that. Okay, Kylie, thank you so freaking much for joining me here on the show and for sharing your story with my listeners. I just know that it is resonating with some hearts that are tuning in today. So thank you so much for that. Um, Where can folks, if they aren't currently following you on all the places, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you and learn more? The easiest spot to connect with me is kylieupperson.com. You'll find all of my other information there. Um, my main spot for building community is on Instagram at kylieupperson underscore because someone has the same name as me. So I had to add the <laughs> underscore at the end. And then I do have a great house of color page at hoc.kylieupperson. Again, if you find that website, you'll find all you need. Uh, amazing. Y'all go check out Kylie. If you have thought about getting, getting your colors done and you live nearby, again, you do have to be in person to do that. Check her out. Or if you're not in Missouri, you can find a consultant online that's near you. But again, she does do style virtually. Highly, highly, highly recommend. If you are in need of a closet makeover, this is what I recommend doing before you decide to throw things out and replace things with things that make you feel confident and more authentically yourself. So my dear friends, well, first Kylie, I just, I'm so excited to squeeze you soon. Um, as we're recording this and when this is going to be released, I am going to be with you in person in yes. a few short weeks in Destin and I can't freaking wait. I know we um, do. So follow us along on the gram to see all the goodness that we are doing there. And in the meantime, my sweet friends, thanks for listening to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.